Hey girl, hey, it's your host V-Baby. What's up? I wanted to personally welcome and thank you for tuning into the Golly Girl Talk podcast. This is the podcast where you will find raw and unfiltered conversation regarding a variety of real life topics ranging from depression, generational curses, relocation, relationships, you name it, you've been through it. We're discussing it here each week. And here is the deal. We will be applying scripture to each and every topic. My goal is to show you how to let the Bible be the governing factor of your life so that you may experience the supernatural peace and joy God created us all to live in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, Golly Girl, welcome back to the Golly Girl podcast. It is your host, Valora. We are back again with another episode. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, We are recording this at the end of uh, the Women's History Month, so I hope that you all have uh, done some research this month on women's history and how far the Lord has brought us, because women back in the old times, the old days, and women now, there are some bad things about us. There's a lot of bad things about us that we should have, you know, dropped and we should have never picked up, but... There has been a lot of um, growth, evolution. And so I hope and pray that you all have got a chance to review that. If not, this is your reminder, if you will. This is going to drop on, if God says the same, that's one thing, you know, you're going to learn. We're going to talk about that today. But if God says the same, this episode will drop on Monday, April 3rd, 2023. Um. So, and you are going to be, you're going to understand why as we go more into the episode of why I say, if God says the same, because listen, if God doesn't say it, it's not going to be so. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So Eunice, our co-host for this season. Hey girl. Hey, how are you? Hey, Valora. I'm good. (laughs) Eunice, tell the people what time it is on your time. Oh, let's see. Uh, uh, 13 minutes past 3 a.m. Jesus. See, I want y'all to go ahead and girls, I want y'all to go ahead and stop and say a prayer for you and it's right now. Even though the time will have passed, we believe the Lord will hear those prayers even in advance. I mean, even post um, today uh, for her. This is Friday, uh, March 31st for her. Um, again, this is around the same time that we were recording last time. And so we just want to thank Eunice for, um, just her unwavering commitment to recording these, um, these podcast episodes for the untouched part. And I pray and hope that you guys take full advantage of, um, these, these episodes and all that Eunice has shared with us. So thank you, Eunice, again, um, how are you feeling right now at 3 a.m., 3.15 a.m.? Uh, feeling refreshed and blessed. Um, we've just come off the Godly Girl call, so that was good. Um, it's, it's drizzling a bit outside, and these are my favorite. This is my favorite time of the day anyway, like early morning, you know, time with God, you know, mm-hmm. serene. Everywhere's quiet, so mm-hmm. I love it, love it, love it. Yes, yes, yes. See, mine's is usually about an hour or so after 
3.15. It's like around 4.15, 4.30-ish. Uh, these days it's been like 5, 5.15. <laughs> Um, but yes, I agree with you, Eunice. I am very much loving the early morning, uh, with the Lord It's just beautiful. Um, I was just giving Eunice a tour of my home that the Lord has blessed me with. I didn't share that with y'all, but I do plan to share that more, uh, when this season is over and we're back to, uh, me and my randomness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was showing Eunice a tour of my home and I was just telling her I bought, I purchased a prayer chair, a chair for my prayer corner, I should say. And um, it just wasn't given what it was supposed to be given. So I returned it. Um, but I do want to have a space where I can get up in the mornings because usually I'm spending it in bed. Um, and I don't come to my workspace because that would just completely distract me. So as I have a workspace, I hope to have a prayer space and I'm working on that. Um, but I also don't want to get hung up in that because we can pray, we can worship, um, we can read um, God's word anywhere. Um, so I don't want to get hung up in creating, you know, that space, but I do want to create that space as I would for everything else. So that is just intentionally for that. I do that. I do believe that's important. Um, but yeah, so Eunice, so we won't get too much into your quiet time, but I do pray that the Lord, I know that the Lord will speak to you during this episode. So what are we talking about today, Eunice? Can you announce the the title of the episode, the number episode, the season, all of that? Can you do the opening today? This is the last one of the book before we do our outro. So let's have the author of the book announce what season are we in? What episode is this? What is the title that we'll be talking about today, Eunice? Oh, my God, Bella, Rachel, Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Put her on spot at three fifteen in the morning. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, help me. I do not know what episode number it is. I know we're in season three. Okay, let me let me do Valorant start. Hey, Godly girls. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome <laughs> back to another episode of the Godly Girl Talk. We are in season three of the Godly Girl Podcast, and we are in episode. I'm not sure what. <laughs> Let's play a game. What was the last episode and what game and what episode are we on now? Did you get it? Okay, so this is season three, and the title of this episode is When. Hey girl, when? W-H-E-N. Yes, we're asking you when. And we're to leave this to take us in this episode. We have the Bible reading taken from Mark chapter 1, verse 15, which says, mm. the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Hey, Godly girls, our soul tune for this episode is softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling calling for you and for me silently earnestly jesus and calling all sinner come home come home come home ye who are weary come home earnestly tenderly jesus is calling 
Calling all sinner, come home. OVC Unionist, tell us about when. Ooh, I love it. You know what? I think the people are going to want Eunice podcast from now on. You did it so well. I was so blessed over here. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I'm going to be Eunice. So now, okay, golly girls, back to business. Valora likes to play, a lot, play around a lot. And I'm back to business over here. So we're, we are going to jump right into the episode. And we're going to talk about the gift of now. Do you know that now is a gift? Oftentimes, we do not uh, recognize, we do not take heed that now is a gift. Right now, even in this moment, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, God is patient with us. He is not wanting any one of us to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. He told us. He told us that it will come like a thief. He didn't you know, tell us that we were going to know the time. We were going to feel something different. There was something he did tell us some things were going to be happening in the earth, but he did tell us it's going to come like a thief in the knife in the night. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. This is from second Peter chapter three, verses nine through 10. Listen, the time is now we are, Oftentimes we are so tied up in tomorrow. I, and, and, and Eunice just said this before, and I think I read this somewhere too. We got some big faith to be talking about tomorrow. Like, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow and I'm going to hang out this weekend or I'm going to go travel to this place and that place. The word of God says, you'll be foolish to talk about what you're going to do. That's a prideful man. That's a very proud person to say, oh, I'm going to go and do this and that tomorrow or even today because we don't even know what's going to happen for the rest of the t- of today mm. people's lives have changed from morning to evening their lives look totally different they lost a loved one they lost a, a limb they lost their house they lost their job so with the lord not being slow about his promises, as we may think, you know, we feel like, man, it seemed like it's been so long. Jesus died over 2000 years ago. I've been hearing them talk about coming back. Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. He is coming soon. Why? Because he could, he could come now because here it is. It says, but the day of the Lord, I just read it, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. So is this, Eunice, I'm going to, Valor, I'm sorry, I'm going to switch it back to you. Is this slowness, slowness of time, is it a burden or is it a gift to you, Valor? You know, um, Eunice, Valor, this episode is getting confusing. <laughs> <laughs> the people are going to be like, what have they done? <laughs> having a little fun. So, Eunice, um, you know, you said, I like how you said, you know, of course, the Bible says the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. The question is, will God steal you when he comes? Ooh. 
Eunice doesn't usually do this. I don't usually do this. I don't usually make those kind of sounds. Valora usually does this, but I just got caught up um, in that moment. Will God steal me? I pray and hope by the blood of Jesus that God oh. will steal me oh. when he comes back. Steal us, Lord. Steal us, Lord. Mm-hmm. Please take me, Lord. I got what you want right here. Lord. <laughs> In Jesus' name, this is I'm, I'm a precious jewel of yours, Lord. Yes, I am. That's good, Eunice. I love that. Um, I'm sorry, but Lord, I love that. Um, that um, that question you have to ask yourself when when the Lord comes, will you be something worth taking when He comes? Not even just worth taking, worth stealing, worth attractive enough, worth worth valuable enough to to want to be stolen mm. just the way he stole Enoch stole Elijah you know Ooh, Enoch. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. would he steal me Lord steal me Jesus and then it makes me think about um a thief you know mm. thieves are most thieves I would say they're looking for things of value they're looking for things that are treasure. Why? Because most times the thief is not stealing these things to necessarily keep them. They want to sell them. Mm. And so if they want to steal something that they're going to be, that they're going to sell, they want to make money off of it. I mean, because they're, oh, Jesus, you taking me there, Lord. Because think about it. They're, they're taking a risk with coming to steal something from you. So they're, you know, they're, they're possibly, they're putting their life on the line. They could get killed in, in taking whatever this is because it's, it's, it's of great value. And so they want to make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're coming to steal treasure and nobody wants to steal trash. You don't see any thieves going in trash cans. Come on in this room, Holy Spirit. You do not see thieves going in trash cans. And that is not where we were going with this, but listen, let the Lord have his way. Mm-hmm. But truly, what we're talking um, in essence is that Jesus is coming back. And he, we have duty. Mm-hmm. What is our duty? To repent now, to accept the gift of now. You know, I was um, listening, I was reading today, um, and, you know, that's the beauty of reading. You know, one thing always leads to another, one thing always leads to another. So I was reading about the biography of some, you know, one of these old ministers and his name was called Thomas, right? Oh, Thomas. Mm, okay. Doubting Thomas, huh? <laughs> yeah, so Valora Thomas. But <laughs> Valora yeah, um... Thomas, doubting Thomas. <laughs> no, I'm not doubting like Thomas, my, my brother. <laughs> so I was just curious, like, so I was reading his biography and, you know, I saw something funny, like um, his dad named him Thomas because when he was born was you know oh and this is a side note by the way everybody needs to read history like history is life history is history is so it's so enlightening it's so beautiful mm-hmm. so anyway so the this thomas man um thomas shepherd he was an old um you know puritan minister of you know the 1600s um so when he he was born he was born around what we call the bonfire night controversy sorry the gunpowder um plots um so 
if you you know bonfire right nights right you've heard of bonfire <laughs> night do you know the history of it no i don't it's beautiful you need to read it it had to do with um some catholic men or catholic um you know so-called christian catholics um in those days of you know Britain and all that they wanted to assassinate king james the first so the person who king james the king james bible is written after they wanted to um assassinate because then they used to use like gunpowder sort of similar to bombs because they wanted to he was a protestant man he had he was the one who had sponsored the translation of the bible to the king james bible and he they they were about to um swear in his you know they wanted to put in who they wanted as the new monarch who would be sympathetic to catholics and make like the catholic church like the church of england and all of that and so the person who they were going to install as the monarch they were supposed to have a meeting anyway the plan was to blow up the place so that they could kill all of them and this was done by catholics and you know install you know the person they wanted as the monarch who would be sympathetic to catholics anyway it didn't work and you know basically that was how the bonfire nights um that was how the bonfire nights um history came up because you have the 5th of november and so every year on the 5th of november you have the guy fox nights or the bonfire nights where they just light fires to show that you know these men's you know plot did not work um obviously there were about eight of them and they were all like murdered like they were executed for that you know conspiracy so this thomas shepherd man was born in um you know when that was happening and his dad named him um his dad named him Thomas because he was like, my son would not believe the wickedness that lies in men's hearts, which, you know, I just felt was very funny. I've been sharing this story all day with, as, with whoever I can share it with. Like, you know, actually, now I've lost my train of thought of how we got here. I, I'm not sure what I was trying to say. Mm. He was about to tell a story, I think, of... And it had something to do. You you got off into telling us about. Oh the yeah yeah yeah. Okay yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're talking about the gift of now. And mm-hmm. so yes, yeah, so I ended up reading about you know monarchs. I just gave that side story. Yeah. So I was talking about monarchs and you know reading about the, you know these kings. And there was this king they said hated the word. He wasn't even like it was. This was not from a religious standpoint or anything. He hated the word tomorrow. Like he hated when people would say, oh, we can get it done tomorrow. Why not now? So this was not even somebody who was coming from a place of, oh, you know, Jesus or anything. It's just, it was just like common sense. It's like laziness and, you know, procrastination and just slothfulness. Like, you know, we have this thing of pushing things to tomorrow and we do not have that assurance of tomorrow. Like, even people who say tomorrow, it's like they have even so much faith to say that they will do anything tomorrow because nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Like somebody at work the other day was sharing how she has to leave her house in May because I had had a dream about her and the night before. And so I, I called her and I was like, hey, I dreamt about you and everything. It wasn't really a good dream. It seemed like you were sort of in distress. And she was like, wow, like, you know, um, this is what is happening and you know she's been giving a quick notice to leave her house by may and all of that and the way she looked so distraught and i was like so you are bothering now about may we're still in march 
and I was like, what makes you think you're going to get home tonight? What makes you think mm-hmm. you might not die in a car? I'm just telling you what I was telling her mm-hmm. because you needed to have seen how she was taking the burden. I was like, what makes you think that you're going to get home tonight? What makes you think that a car is not going to hit you or something and you're going to die? And even me that I'm saying this, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So how can you take on the burden of You've been given a quick notice, not even in April, not even in beginning of May, not even middle of May, but the end of May. Like, and because you could see it all over her face that something was wrong with her. Like she was so burdened. And I was like, you, you, you might be dead by May, <laughs> you know, and you, you'll be making your home in heaven or hell. So do not, that's why the Bible says the, and you know, I use the word of God to encourage her that. God knows that you've been given this quick notice. Your own duty, according to Max, Matthew 6, 33, is to seek the kingdom of God now. Like the pagans, God knows, they, they are the ones that worry and chase after these things. But our heavenly father knows that you're going to need a place to stay. And I know by God's grace that you are going to have a place to stay by May. Like where it's going to come from, we don't know. Your prayer will be like, God, you have told me that. I should seek your kingdom. I don't know where I'm going to stay, but I'm just going to focus on you and you will sort me out because how can you take on the kingdom tomorrow, right? So we don't know all of those things. So the point is bringing it back to the context of which we're talking about. It's like we've spent all of these episodes, all of this time talking about the Christian life, talking about taking our work with God seriously, talking about the word of God, knowing the word of God, doing the word of God, because there is a death coming and so it's like okay we've taken our time to give all of this exposition and it's like when are you going to take on these things that we're saying seriously at what point are you going to you know what i'm ready and i'm going to do it now i'm going to deny myself and take up this cross and begin to follow jesus daily i'm going to (laughs) take this walk seriously no more dealing darling no more lukewarmness no more here today there tomorrow no more jesus today world tomorrow it's like now so it's like when are you going to respond to this call and there are three ways you can respond which we'll get there but yeah that's the whole um you know the only okay so it says in the book that we only have two times to consider mm-hmm. that the only times we should consider are now and end mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. think about jesus on the cross like jesus the, they said in hebrews um chapter 12 verse 2 and 3 that Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame because he considered the end. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the mm-hmm. joy that was set before him. Mm-hmm. It's So for the Christian, all we know is our now mm-hmm. and the joy that is set before us. That is the end. Amen. That is heaven. Amen. You know, so mm-hmm. to think that we say, things like and in an hour see in an hour like my uncle was just telling me how he was texting his friend the night before like they were texting mm-hmm. and by 8 30 a.m they called him this is just and this is my uncle is currently a serious morning right now because he just can't believe it mm-hmm. and he's like about 8 30 a.m the next day they had called him that this man was dead it's like it doesn't make any sense this is mm-hmm. a healthy man this is how do you just go? And they've been friends for many years. So, but that is the that is the brevity of life. That is the mm-hmm. uncertainty of this thing called life. 
Mm-hmm. The Bible says, what is your life? You're like a puff of air here today, gone tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. so honestly, when we say things like, oh, in an hour tomorrow, I didn't even see this part of the book before I was talking, but I've just seen it here. It says, you know, when we say things like in an hour tomorrow, in six months, in five years, which is mm-hmm. why I do not do vision boards. I don't have any issue with it. The thing is, and people who do it, that is fine. Absolutely. My sister, Josie, I think, Valora, you do it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just a personal thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even, because it's like, I don't know anything about five years from now. Mm-hmm. Like, all I can do is, of course, we say we make plans and we commit it into God. It doesn't mean That's that you're right. not going to make plans. It's right. not going to have your heart desires. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. thing is, when we exalt vision boards and the things that we want to do in this life mm-hmm. over, you know, a serious, committed, consecrated walk with God, growing in the growing in faith growing in our maturity we exalt that we we put all of this planning and all of our career goals over that fundamental thing that one thing that matters then we are at risk and it's a very fearful risk because mm-hmm. we're going something that is called eternity that doesn't last this life would end like in the next 100 years none of us i won't be here you won't be here about yesterday like I wonder how I'm going to go. Like, sometimes we just think, so I'm actually mm-hmm. going to die. Like, I'm going to be buried. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'll think, what if I wake up in my coffin? Who who open it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, it's just, you know, funny thoughts because it's just some, sometimes when I'm maybe getting angry or just sometimes just think, like, see, you know, your days are counting. So if you're like, be angry, you're sure closer to your death than, you know. But the point is, what is our life? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not. This life that we live now that has a timeline that has that certain appointment that the Bible is appointed unto man once, right? Maybe some of us might be lucky to die twice, like Lazarus, but generally and in most cases, it is appointed unto man to die once, mm-hmm. and the end thereof is judgment. Sorry, and after there, after that thereof is judgment. So it's like this life that we talk about is on an appointment basis like on a rent basis it's like we're gonna get a quick notice soon hopefully you know if god gives us a quick notice fantastic but we not even have a quick notice we're just gonna go you know mm-hmm. so um, well i won't go because i by the grace of god walk with god so he will definitely tell me but um <laughs> <laughs> but that is the truth and it's the sober truth that when are we actually going to and especially like this one thing is what i'm passionate about about youth like we just remembering our creator in the days of our youth so that it's not like to the end of our lives you know we're looking back and we can't even it's like yes okay we made so much money we did so many this we did so many that but Mm. we don't know the word of god we don't we haven't even grown we haven't spent our years for god our years of strength we haven't for God, like that would be such a painful thing. And I, I think I told you about that hymn, you know, must I empty handed go, you know, like you get to the end and it's like all those years in sinning, wasted in vanity and mm-hmm. self care in, you know, looking our best, taking the best pictures, you know, those pictures will become an irritation to you if mm-hmm. you, because you'd be like, you know, I saw my years, you know, just, exalting myself worshiping the, the the fleeting beauty that is youth you know if you do not spend years right you know spend this time that we have now and god you know gives us that grace to live long when we're looking back when we're reflecting like sometimes when i even look at my pictures of you know 
eight, ten years ago, I'm just, just, I just cringe. And that's what will happen. Like, you will look at those years of enjoying youth, enjoying all those things. You wouldn't miss them. You'd be irritated at yourself. There, I can guarantee you that you would not, when, if you find God and, you know, you're being reflective on, like, honestly reflective, those pictures and all of these things that you do, you know, forgetting God, you know, not remembering your creator will irritate you. They will disgust you. They would, they will become regrets. They'll become, and we, we have the, but by God's grace, the Bible to warn of warn us of these things. We have the lives of other people to learn from, you know. So yeah, I've rambled on, you know. But yeah, that's it, really. No, that's so. Now, now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the book says, "Power, gift, and essence of now is to repent, mm-hmm. forsake your sin, mm-hmm. and come home." It doesn't mean stop enjoying your life. It doesn't mean. You know, I was just looking at Belora's house, you know, and, you know, it's beautiful. You know, I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, you know, she's still talking about her car and all of that. It's still, you still have to, we're still going to leave. Like God knows that we need these things, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, are you doing it as an, at the expense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite verses is, is in Isaiah chapter um, 55 that says, seek the Lord while he may be found, mm-hmm. call upon him while he is near. God may be found now. now. God may be found when there is breath. The yeah. Bible says, God, the reason why God has not come is because he is waiting for all men to repent mm-hmm. and no. to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. The moment when God will not be found is the moment when we die. Every yeah. day we wake up, it's like, whew, another day to seek God, another day to enjoy his new mercy. It's mm-hmm. like, thank you, Lord, for the gift of another day of seeking you. But a time is going to come, we'll wake up, whoo, but realize we're just not in body. We're just not in flesh anymore. We're only our souls. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, mm-hmm. we wake up and we realize like we're in eternity. There is no more chance to seek the Lord while he may be found. Because at that point, God's mercy becomes lost, right? God's mercy is only valuable for this life. It's it's nothing in the afterlife because then it is judgment, right? So the time we have is... You know, another verse that is, you know, is Act 1730 that says that and this ignorance, God, oh my goodness, let me just read it. Let me just read this part of the book. It says, I say this with tears, friend, the only early we have is now. Okay, Mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. let me read this Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17. God says in Proverbs 8 17, I love them that love and those that seek me early shall find me. And on Sermons on the Go, I've analyzed this um, thing of early. So there's the early aspect of waking up early in the morning to seek God before our day gets busy, which is what I was saying about this whole mm-hmm. morning and how sacred it is. It's like, because we might find it hard to find that quiet time during the day and all the yeah. noise, especially with somebody like my lifestyle that is so crowded with children. Mm-hmm. And there is also the early part of life, which is your youth. So... Mm-hmm. I say this with tears, friends. The only early we have is now. I'm reading the book. We can never be earlier and more diligent than now. Do not put your soul on hold. Do you know that? Do you know what living in sin does to a soul? How does the thought of cancer seem to you? To live without Christ is to be in a spiritual cancer. You are fatally sick and on your way to eternal destruction. There is a cure for this cancer and that is the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. think on the end of your life and make a decision now listen 
there is a time you are going to die. The day a solution is found to death is the day I stop being a Christian. Surely as Christ has and will be the only one to and will be the only one to ever conquer death, I remain on his side, for death has no sting on me. But for anyone outside of Christ, when death sweeps you away, listen, that is just the beginning of your end. You then begin to die every day. Christians die every day on earth and live every day beyond earth. The sinner lives every day on earth and dies every day beyond death. Those who seek him early will certainly find him and grow in him. Mm. They will discover new mysteries, new joys, new hope, new strength, and the better things that comes with salvation, according to Hebrews 6, 9. The world has nothing new to offer, nothing new that is good at this. There may be new viruses and quicker ways to die, but there is no ha happiness unfound on earth. Everything it can ever offer is an anticlimax. Heaven <laughs> is the only offering of a climax at the end. Do you imagine this is a facade? You think death is the end? Stop the foolishness. Ignorance is over. Stop it. And so the word of God says in Acts 17, 13, and the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now he commands. God is not begging. He's commanding us mm -hmm. everywhere to repent and to come to the knowledge of truth. So, um, yeah, um, I still want to read a part of the book. It says, why does the word of God still exist today? Mm. Why do you your eyes and deafen your ears to the truth how much longer your philosophy your embarrassing liberalism and deadly modern thoughts are driving you faster to your grave than your dead conscience letting on god says i will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligence of the intelligence i will frustrate you think you're wise you think you have achieved and worked hard you think you have attained and settled oh dear good luck going face to face with god listen god said when god says he will he will do something and he already said that he was going to destroy the wisdom of the wise mm -hmm. are we not seeing the, the wide already being thwarted frustrated and brought to naught i mean i was even just reading that they're about to um before we go on the call i saw a notification that donald trump is about to face um in that you know some hush money he paid you know and it's like this man was just the president of the united states how many years ago and now you know face um criminal charges but anyway mm. that's just you know how just nothing ever lasts but right. do we not see the way the earth and everything in it is in confusion a convulsing child how much longer will we continue to relish the delicacies of satan we cannot ignore much longer the mm. bible says if my people who are called by my name will mm. humble them mm. pray seek my face and turn from their weakest wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. Why do we waste our time with medicine and concussion when the cause, effect, and solution are right before our eyes, in our hands, on our lips, waiting only for us to act, which is to repent? What will money, brains, and books do for us? The solution is right here. Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, stop the wickedness of, of heart. Then God will heaven from hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land by the way this was written when you know coronavirus was like still at his peak and everybody was looking for a solution trying to get a, a um like get a vaccine that would work and it's like the solution was there like god says he will heal the land himself if only we would pray and take his face and from our wicked ways so um yeah um after that it just says um second corinthians 6 2 that there is um god says there that 
in an acceptable time I have heard you and in the day of salvation I have helped you behold now is the accepted time the Bible says it behold now you know when the Bible says behold it's like look at the beauty observe like meditate on the fact that now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation so you can't like procrastinate these things or say at the end of my life or you mm. know yeah so over to you Eunice I've <laughs> talked I've done, the, I've done the Peter talk man listen I was like is she really being me because I haven't had a chance to say anything but you have been hitting all the points that I wanted to hit so I mean I am just yeah, I'm over here feeding it in. I don't know if you're usually getting your feeding from me or if I'm just like rambling, but no, that was good. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's literally, it's like all, all I hear is now, like we, we have now. And I was reading here, um, dear friend, it is better to consider death and prepare for it than to enjoy this fleeting life and be caught unawares. Let us learn from Esau. He gave up everything that was rightfully his because of a fleet for for just a, a fleet like he was like i'm hungry bro like i don't care about nothing else i can't all i care about is right now i'm hungry i don't care you know take whatever you want to take and you know he came to his senses you know later to claim what was you know what what was his what rightfully his but it was too late and even though he sought it with tears don't let that be you don't let that be you with this life oh jesus help me lord don't let that be you like man i'm enjoying the club right now i'm enjoying the drinks i'm enjoying the you know stealing money and living this lavish life i'm enjoying living in the mansion and taking my trips and sleeping with this guy and sleeping with that guy he has good sex and um he kissed me well and i like this other guy because he helps pay my bills and and it don't get caught up in this life. And then when the Lord comes back like a thief, he don't take you. You're not the one that he takes. Because the Lord will deafen his ears to our cry. Because why? Because he's given us the gift of now. The Lord is not slow on his promises. Why? Because he doesn't want us to perish. But if, when he comes, that's it. Like Eunice said, when he says that he will, he will. And when he comes, that's just that. There is no, oh no, Lord, I didn't think you were going to come back this soon. No. And everybody has this whole thing like, I can't believe a loving God would send people to hell. You don't understand that a loving God has, given us all this time and given us the opportunity to repent the gift of repentance who has sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins so that we would never have to see the gates of hell. That's not a loving God. That's not enough. That's, that's not enough because we want to, we want to have our cake and eat it too. And that's not how it works. And the Lord will literally, he said he will deafen his ears. He will not hear the cry of the wicked because why you've had an opportunity to turn from your wicked ways. Like, I really want us to sit with it. Like, I don't care how much you fight, how much you, you pray, have other people to pray. I, I get people call me all the time asking me to pray. And I'm like, you're not living in any form of fashion 
to the Lord, but you want me to pray to this God that you don't serve. Oh, that's so harsh. You're so mean. You're supposed to be loving and kind. You're supposed to just pray for me. I'm going to pray that your sins be forgiven, that you will repent. Yes, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that you surrender your life to the Lord. Yes, I'm going to pray. And I don't care about the cancer because the, the physical cancer is nothing like the spiritual cancer. It's not even on the same scale. This cancer, this spiritual cancer, this can, this can lead you to eternal damnation. That physical cancer is just temporary for now. But we get so shaken up by a cancer diagnosis that we do about the fact that we can die and go to hell. Where does that come from? What is that foolishness? As Eunice mentioned, like, stop the foolishness. We're asking the Lord to heal our land, but we're not hearing him when he says, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Humble yourself. Realize that it is me. I am in control. God is in control. So that, you know, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's my spiel. Um, I love this piece here. It talks about, um, it talks about King George and how when he was going to die, he, you know, he had some type of illness. Obviously he had, that sounds like several illnesses, obesity, blindness in one eye, um, confined to a upright seating chair, um, prone to the attacks of breathlessness if he lie down but they said how he fought for his life I mean he fought <laughs> they said he fought for his <laughs> life with everything that he had everything that was left I mean that he had all his strength he fought for his life instead of surrendering it to the one that holds it all that will give you new life after you leave this earth. And this is another thing I wanted to bring up Eunice. You, you mentioned, you touched on it in the book, Christians, we should be dying every day. We should be dying now. We should be. So when we get to heaven, we live in. That's life for us. And that's why Christians, I, I just got revelation on something too. <clears throat> Sorry. There's a lot of people that I know personally, they don't like to talk about death. You know why? Because they live in now. I'd be like, man, I could die tomorrow. I could die today. Like I could die. Like you mentioned, you was like you told the girl she could die of a car accident. I think about that all the time. I literally just told a friend of mine that today I left her house and I said, she said, um, well, what, what, what would happen if X, Y, and Z? And I was like, well, I could die in a car accident on the way home. And she was like, yeah, that's true. I was like, so, yeah, so, like, we don't have a problem talking about death because, again, this is, dying is what we do every day. We die to ourselves daily. So, when we come, when we come to Judgment Day, we've already died and we're, we're seeking to live now. We've already, the old us has completely died. The flesh has gone and we are now living in the spirit. That's why we sing, 
Oh, happy day. But you have people that are walking around. They think they are living their best life. They're, you know what? Let me reword that. They don't think they're living their best life. They are living what they feel is their best life right now. Because they are unaware of the life that they could have in Christ. And I was once there. Eunice, you talk about you being there in the book. Um, I kind of feel like I'm jumping ahead. but and I, and I won't jump ahead. But we've all been there where we feel like, the party, the trip, the hanging out with this guy that we know that's not good, the, the weed that we smoked or the drink that we drink, that our favorite, you know, mine was Patron and I enjoyed Patron and I was the Patron queen and I wanted to take as many Patron shots as I could. That was a night of fun for me. Now I have no desire to be filling my body with poison and taking me out of character and to be sick the next morning, I have no desire for that. That does not glorify the Lord in any form of fashion. So I have no desire for that. But I have been there. I have been there searching day in and day out for my club outfit. I wanted to be top notch, top tier. And I've seen a couple of pictures of Eunice in her club outfits. And she was stepping, okay? Eunice was coming not to play with y'all. Okay, <laughs> she was not coming to play. Okay, she was snatching, she's snatching the men from y'all, snatching them. So, we have definitely been there, and so we are on this other side by God's grace, amazing grace by the blood of Jesus. We're on the other side, and we're saying, Come over to the light, come out of darkness, come out of the foolishness, come out of the, the deadly life that you're living. And come over here, it's not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. Anything that's worth having, we, we know that's the worldly saying. What's worth having is not going to come easy. You go, that's why you go to school for five and six years and sometimes eight years for the doctors out there because you're like, I want this doctor's degree because I know what it means to me. I want it. <sighs> That's why we come, that's why we live this life by God's grace, by God's strength. That's why we study this word because I want eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's not by works. I do understand that. It is not by works. So I'm not for any, you know, not saying that it's by works, but we have been saved for works. We do it out of the overflow of what God puts in us. We study the word of God because we realize without it, our soul will be malnourished. It's like, it's like a person who don't drink water. They're going to get dehydrated. And eventually, they will die. They will die. Why? Because the body needs water. In some form of fashion, it's got to have it. Prolonged periods without water leads to problems. <laughs> Even more so with this word of God. A life without Jesus... It's problematic, very seriously problematic. So Eunice, let's talk about this three-way call. Yeah. Ooh, three-way call. Man, I remember we used to have three-way calls. You you know anything about that, Eunice? The three-way calls, like I call somebody else on the other line, and then you yeah. call somebody on the other line, and we got three people on the line, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, 
let's talk about this thing. We got three different people with three different stances. And so we got an I am, we got a I was, and we got an I will on the line. So do you want to be I am and I will be I was? <laughs> okay, so let's, I think it, there's a there's sort of a story there. Mm-hmm. First. Oh, yes. A man gave a great banquet and sent the first notice of this face through one of his messengers, Mr. Moses. Mm. When the time finally came for the banquet, he sent his best and closest servant, Sir Jesus, to tell the invitees, come for everything. Come for everything is now ready. Mm-hmm. But they all alike began to make excuses. Oh, I just married the woman of my dreams and my soulmates. Mm. Oh, I just got the promotion I had been working hard for. Oh, I just started a new business. Oh, I'm finally getting famous. I must keep building my brand mm. and make no excuses. So they all sent their regrets, but never came, even though they had been given the notice long before the banquet began. Mm. So this is the call now to feast at God's table. What is your response going to be? The first response you can have is, I am. Mm. What does it mean? And you're saying, I am. Mm -hmm. It means that you are basically, you've accepted this invitation and you're ready for the feast. You're part of the wise virgins Mm -hmm. in 25, verse 1 to 13. Your lamp and oil ready and you've been preparing and continuously adjusting your appearance to ensure Mm -hmm. you present yourself perfect and spotless at the table. These people, they're waiting with eager expectation. They've been saved. They found life. They're mm-hmm. feeling the joy. They continue to stand firm. They mm-hmm. continue to eat it so they don't fall. They're basically on alert. They are in this world, but not of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know they're, you know they they are, they are basically at the mercy of the Lord. They have, they have made a decision. Like they leave. Um, you know, so basically, while they remain in the world, they are here to bear fruit for God. Mm-hmm. You know, they are growing in grace. They are growing in the knowledge of God. You know, they are um, not remaining babes in Christ and just sticking to the, you know, um, safe parts of the Bible. They are able to eat the meat of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. So these are people who have accepted that call and. Um, yeah, they're they're in it and they're pressing on, pressing forward. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the song. This is the song that's in my spirit. I have decided Amen. to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. This is it right here. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. That brings me to me, not me, but (laughs) the next response, which is I was. I was a part of the 10 versions. I was what Eunice said. I was doing the things that I needed to do to make sure that I was ready and prepared for the feast. I was kind of, sort of, 
um, you know, looking for Christ. I was on fire for the Lord. I was um, using, utilizing the gifts of the spirit in my life. I did have my lamp, but I did not have any oil. You know, you can have a lamp, but if you don't have any oil, at some point that lamp gonna burn out. And then you heat, and then at that point you begin to suffer the John six six syndrome. You got tired of waiting so long, and so you treaded the demons disorder path. We talked about in in uh oh gosh why am I blanking? In no, it's the who, not who part, no one of who, episodes in who yeah. chapter one yes who, um and are currently suffering from the insanity. You might still be regularly going to church. Ooh, ooh, that's good. You might still be going to church. All might seem well on the outside. But between your spirit and Jesus, you know, you know. Eunice may not know. I may not know. Look, look, I can be that I was. I can still be doing the podcast. I can still be going to church. I could be serving at church. I could be leading Golly Girl. I could be like, hey, I'm still on fire for Jesus. But I know deep within and God me that knows. and God knows more than anything. But and he's even given me the ability to know that all is not well. That is because only because you have left your first love. Let religion, the trends of the world, and carnal aspirations drive you far away from the one you love. You were hot, but you mixed with the cold, so you became lukewarm for a passing time and have now gone completely cold. Because after a while, you got some hot water. If you sit that hot water, it's boiling on the stove and it's hot, so you turn that fire down, turn it off. That water starts to get cold first is warm then the coolness that's permeating some parts of it begins to permeate the entire substance the whole entire uh, pool of water becomes cold because if you don't stop something when it when it starts and you don't heat that water back up it's going to get cold the name Jesus does not cause your heart to beat faster with excitement as it once did. Why did you turn? Did a religious figure fail you like your pastor? Did your pastor try to perhaps touch you or um, do something inappropriate with you? Surely such a person is not Jesus. Did you, did you become religious? And then the rules became too many. So you found yourself in a routine that caused no need for intentionality on your part. My God. Jesus, were prayers not answered? Did you seek him first in his righteousness or were you all about the prayer request? See, that's the thing. It's the, it's the, oh, can you pray for me to get X, Y, and Z? No, I want to pray for you that you would turn to Jesus and live for him because whether you get X, Y, and Z doesn't matter, but whether you turn to Jesus and live for him, that matters greatly. Whether you get your healing from this cancer, I'm sorry, it does not matter if you do not know Jesus for yourself and have a relationship with him. Because you can be healed from cancer and guess what? You can die the next day and face hell. Jesus. 
Did you seek him first in his righteousness or were you all about the prayer requests? I just read that. Surely, you know, you mean more to God than the birds and flowers he cares for with splendor. Do you not miss him? He misses you and want his child back. We, your family members. Yes, yes, yes. We miss you and we want you back. Your father desires to throw his arms around you like the prodigal son. Put you on a robe. All those things that you did were not in vain. The perseverance, the enduring, the, ce the ceaseless prayers, the sacrifice, he loved them. They were not in vain. He wants you to return to, the, to him and to make love to him the way you did. You think about a relationship. And in a relationship, especially with, you know, with man, all of us, we were talking, you know, male and female here. With man, we all have a flesh. And so we can let each other down. So if we don't keep that fire burning for one another in a marriage, we will lose attractiveness to our husband. And we begin to, ah, I ain't really trying to lay with you tonight. You don't smell good like you used to smell. And then you begin to, you begin to want to check out the guy at work. And then you see yourself checking him out. That thought comes to your mind. You're like, mm, I wonder what he smells like. And then one day you get close enough to him and you smell him. And then you're making those little steps. One day you, you, you smell him and then you're like, oh, can I, can I give you a hug because you smell so good? So now you're hugging him. And then you take it to the next level. Then you, then you're going out for, for lunch with him. It's just lunch at work. That's what you say. But you're making those steps and you're going away from your love. Like we've all done with God. We've cheated. But God forgives and remembers no more. All you have to do is return. Now, man, that's not the case all the time, right? My ex-husband, he cheated on me over and over and over again. And, and for a time, I did do that. I did forgive and sought God to remember it no more. Throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. God helped me to do this. But it kept going on. And so finally, I said, I'm done. But God says, as long as you have breath in your body, you can return. Even if you are like King George in bed, you can return. I would hope that you wouldn't wait until that far, but return while God, like Eunice mentioned earlier in the podcast, return while you can. Seek the Lord while he may be found because there is going to be a time where he will not be able to be found. He will show his face on us no more. And, and it even talks about here with when you, when you return um, from backsliding, right? God discipline you, right? And it is only those who he loves who he dis disciplines. That's why when <coughs> God discipline, disciplines me and I'm not in a, in a backslidden state by God's grace, but he disciplines me now. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. I've learned, although it doesn't feel good, if the Lord is not disciplining me on something, then I I, I, I got to I got to check and see where I'm at with him because he's never moving. So it's it must be me. And even, you know, just being completely transparent here when it talked about um, you've gotten to a point of a routine. Oftentimes I find myself I'm like, you're in a routine. 
and you're not putting any intentionality where my church is beginning a fast tomorrow. And I just told one of my church sisters, I said, I, I am going to truly do this fast because I feel like in the past, I've just been doing the routine. It's not been truly fasting and seeking the Lord and having those hours where I pray in there morning, noon, lunch, break, uh, just on my knees, intentionally hearing from the Lord, intentionally seeking the Lord's face, sitting quiet. So we have to be, we have to make sure that we're not falling into that I was state because as we hear, as we heard here, some of the symptoms, it's easy. It's easy to fall into that path. So do not continue to revel in your vomit. Take it from someone who almost, Eunice says this here, take it from someone who almost fell into that snare. But for the mercy of Jesus, it would be better for you if you had never come to Jesus at all. Like, and this is for those who know the Lord. We know the goodness oh, and mercies of the Lord. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eunice. Were you going to say something? Oh, yeah, that, that was because that, you know, that someone was actually Peter, you know, because he was the one who almost knew the Lord and he actually knew the Lord and then denied him. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and he now shared his own um, um testimony. You know, in Second Peter, mm-hmm. from verse twenty to twenty-two. Yeah. Oh, I see that now. Okay. You are headed for an unspeakable, irredeemable destruction if you do not repent. Do not let God remove your lampstand completely, throwing you into darkness and to a dead conscience. You know, the scripture also talks about turning you over. The Lord turning us over to a reprobate mind. Mm. It's like when you just. You out there and you just trying to you just like I'm done. Like like Eunice, I mean like um like Peter said here, revel in your vomit. You out there in it, you fine. You like it's good. I like it here. It stinks. I love it. Cause the choice is always ours. And God will God will never force himself upon us. He's too good of a God to do that. He we have to recognize our need for him. And he will help us out of anything. I see people in addiction all the time. And they said, I'm begging God. I'm begging God to take me out of it. You're begging the right one. But what is God telling you to do on your part? What is God telling you to do? Is it get off of this corner? Is it get out from get from around these friends that you're with? What is God telling you to do? Go back to your parents' house. Go back to that loved one's house that you stole from. What is God telling you to do? Because God, as long as you got breath, God hears us. But he also knows when our motives are not true. God is not going to take something from you that you are still holding on to. You got to be like, Lord, I give it to you and I want you to take it. I'm just not strong enough to take it. I'm doing everything in in my will, in my power to get rid of this thing. So I, I I need you to come in where I can. I need you to take it from me because I can't. And God will do it. My dad told me that with drinking and my dad, you know, from, from his fruit, he wasn't truly, truly living a life for the Lord. Even when he prayed this prayer, but he prayed that the Lord would take the alcohol from him. He had got into a lot of trouble behind alcohol and DWIs. And he said, I prayed and asked the Lord to take it from me. He said, I didn't take any AA classes. 
And for those of you who don't know what that means, that's Alcohol Anonymous classes. It's like a support group to help people uh, get deliverance or um, get free from alcohol. And they have a support group and a sponsor and a person that, you know, the sponsor is the person that will walk with you and help you uh, through it. And that sponsor has also got through it as well. And so it's just encouragement and motivation and accountability there. But he didn't take any AA classes, and this is not to brag or anything, but he's bragging on the Lord. The Lord is the one who took it from him. This man was about to destroy his life, his family. But he gave it to the Lord with a sincere heart. He recognized, listen, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you to take it from me. And God will do that. But to surrender ourselves back to the Lord and we and we have to do it now okay Eunice I'm gonna hush we have this third response third and final response here okay so the last response is those who say I will and that's talking about I will in terms of the future mm. and it's, it says my dear friend I admire your courage you are one hell of a gambler mm. if it were money and possession you gambled with it might be a, it might be considered fun and games, but with your life, you decide not yet, you're busy, you don't believe this religion stuff. Do you think Jesus Christ is a religion? Jesus does not even know what Christianity is. I mean, in his days here anyway, mm. he never entered what Christian. This was a derogatory term that was connected by a group of flesh and blood markers to followers of Jesus. Mm. You have been accept jesus and follow his teaching not a religion mm. if the result of that you happen to be called a christian then be rejoice and be exceeding glad mm. because there's a reward that waits you in heaven honestly according to aw tozer and honestly there is nothing that keeps wicked man at any one moment out of hell but the mere pleasure of god which is mercy mm. heaven is a place not open to all and it is certainly close to you who are yet to accept Jesus. Mm. You are the one who will hang on to their life like King George IV when the time comes, but you will be dragged out of the earth. Listen, you are going to die, perhaps tonight, perhaps in 50 years. Mm. But then what happens to you? Do you imagine it is the end? You say you are intelligent, so reason this out. You are born into a world into which you do not ask to be born. You go through it with choices that you're allowed to make and then you die. Do you imagine that that is the end? Come on. What would it really feel like for you when you realize that all of this was truth and you are finally ready to accept Jesus? But there is only one issue. You are no longer in the body. You are now out of the body and feeling the flames coming from hell. Oh yes, we can only accept Christ in the body, on earth, the place of choice. Listen, seed of Adam. It was not your decision that brought you into this earth. By divine providence, you found yourself in this sick, evil place with its tears, sorrow, and pain. It was also not your decision to have a sinful nature. You were born by a woman, so you inherited it, an already existing nature. But you are going somewhere, and you have a choice to choose where you're going. Do not be deceived. We shall not all die. Mm. Earthly death is the beginning of life for some and the beginning of the end for others. Don't reduce yourself to flesh and blood. You are more than that. You are everything you do not see. You are everything you do not touch. Make a choice while you can. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11.4 that he who watches the wind will not sow 
Mm. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Stop being ruled by reason. Make a decision for your soul now. The Bible says again in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 4, a wise person thinks a lot about death, mm. while the fool thinks only about having a good time. That's the NLT translation. Do you not see that you are living in a world of fools who are drunk on social media and appearance, whose phones have even more hope of life than they do when they die? Mm. Here today, gone tomorrow, perfectly laid out profiles will be left behind. Think about your end. Make a decision about where you'll end up, the big H or the small H. Your ordinary H, your home in this world, will be left behind. We either belong to heaven or hell. When you decide where you want your home to be, then begin to live each day toward getting to that home. The Bible says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And that's in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7. If you decide on heaven as your home, you have made a wise decision. No matter where you are now, whether you're in a mansion, you're in your car listening to this, you're in a prison, whether in a physical prison or an emotional prison, whether you're at work, you're in the kitchen, you're on a plane, no matter what you have done, even the worst of sins, forget it. God will freely and abundantly pardon you. Mm -hmm. He does not desire for you to spend eternity elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Hell is already congested with souls. And you know, hell is already hot. Why do you want to be, become an additional number there? Mm. Heaven is because few find the way. Some Christians who claim to be Christians might desire you to perish because they think heaven is only for them. Mm. They are disturbed by the spirit of Jonah. But my friend, God does not desire that you perish. I, Eunice, Pauline, or Latunji, I have no desire for you to perish because I was once bound by sin, like you. Mm. And I'm going to share my testimony now. <laughs> That's how it happened. Mm -hmm. My conscience was dead. I stole. I lied. I fornicated. I was a drunkard, a hard partier. And if I dare say, I used to be the life of the party. Mm. I cheated. I was proud. I was selfish. I was untrustworthy. I killed. This is not a lie, people. I did. I lived lie on the life on the edge and was extremely arrogant, but I found a life. Mm. Now I see so many of you and feel such pity at the chains binding you and at the weights pressing hard on your souls. It does not have to be that way. First, you need to think about your end, your death. Where do you want to end up when you take that final breath? Have you made heaven your home? Then decide you will get there regardless of any temporary price that you may have to pay. Are you wondering what the way to heaven is? Here is what I found. Jesus said to him in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, as Velora said, quoted earlier from the book that hell with Christ will be heaven and heaven without Christ will be hell. And I thought mm -hmm. about it, why heaven without Christ will be, be hell if God was there? Because Christ is the only one between us and God. If we were going to see God, the Bible says that the, the knowing the terror of the Lord, the Bible also refers to the, the Lord's anger, that the Bible refers to God as a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. God will be a terror to be with if Jesus, who is our atonement, who, if Jesus, who is our mediator who stands between us and God. I'd rather hide in Christ and be in hell with him mm -hmm. than to be with God alone without Christ because God is a terror. 
right? He's a God of love, but we are not holy to stand before him. But Christ has made that perfect holiness and perfect righteousness for God, for, for us, you know, and that's where we're able to come to God face to face just because of what Jesus has done. But if Jesus decides, I will go and make my home in hell, then we better head right onto hell and not choose to live in heaven without um, um, Christ and be with God alone. Jesus mm -hmm. is the only mediator. So when we're asking, okay, so what is the way if I want to go to heaven? Jesus has told us that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And I say, I, Eunice, I was once lost, but now I'm found. Mm -hmm. I was blind, but now I see. Grace and truth came through Christ into my soul. And friend, Jesus is calling for you, sinner, to come home. He came to shed his blood for you and me, not even for angels. The angels who fell were fallen forever. Meet Lucifer, now Satan. But even if you and I fall seven times, he will forgive you if you repent. Listen, Jesus loves you. The more rebellious, the more stained, the more guilty, the more accursed, the more wretched you are, then the better it is for him because that shows the efficacy of his blood to wash white or snow, no matter how black we may be. He wants to have mercy on whom he will have mercy. You are no better candidate for his transforming, saving grace and a boastful display of his sovereign love. And like I say, those people who have known Christ all their lives, you know, don't have this track record of sin. Yes, they have grace, but it's certainly not amazing grace. I know amazing grace because I'm a beneficiary of amazing grace. Mm -hmm. So no matter how bad your sins are, that is even better because you can say, add that, that, that qualify that kind of grace. And no, it's not just ordinary grace, but it's amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, hearing love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. His blood will wash the dirtiest vessel white as snow. Oh, just try him. I beg you, try him. Every tongue that rises up against you based on what you have done is already condemned by the mm -hmm. one who will fight all your battles for you Hallelujah. and hate you with his own testimony over you. He called me home and although dead for years, his grace found me and I accepted him. He saved me and I forsook my wicked ways. I am now on a narrow path on which I carry my cross daily to remain on that path. For me, it is heaven to be with my love or nothing. Mm. What will it be for you? I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 Jonas who need no repentance. And that is what Jesus said in Luke 15, 7. And this is where I sign out. <laughs> wow. So, the, yeah, this is this is so good. And I could, you know, Eunice, as you talked about the your testimony, you shared some of the things that you've done in your past and how, uh, just like the scripture says, when it talks about the the uh, the one who has been forgiven much, um, loves much or forgives much, um, but the one who has not been forgiven much they oftentimes lack grace or they lack, you know, um, understanding for others or even just wanting the, the desire for others to, um, to come to Christ. Um, and that's a real thing. And I think God, even, you know, like you said, the more wretched and stained and guilty you are, 
the better. Because when God forgives you, you're going to go back and tell everybody how he forgave you. Kind of like Mary Magdalene. It's like, I know a man who told me all my stuff. Like, he he told me everything. Was Mary Magdalene the one he met at the well? No, just the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Oh, okay, okay. So that was the second yeah. woman from Mary Magdalene. Also, did we, um, um, apparently she was the one who, you know, was caught in fornication and they were going to stone. And then Jesus was like, woman, where are those that condemn you? That or was regard- Mary? Yeah, apparently. Uh, okay. okay, so in the Bible, but, you know, history, like, tradition says that she might have been the one. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. I like it. Yeah, so, um, and then I love Luke 15 and 7 that you just read. So, with all this said and done, y'all, we're going to bring it to an end. Um, here we are coming to we're we're at the end of the book um and i wanted to sing this song so we've come oh well well we have a part i know we got a part that we're going to talk about meditate i'm going to get into that part but i'm just saying that we are coming to the end and we've come to the end so once i speak about this part that i really 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 want you to think about of course we want you to think about everything that we've talked about but this all sums it up here um this part here but we've come to the end of this book y'all so i'll sing my i got another song that was in my heart lord please bring it back to me um so anyways so with all that was said and done um said during this podcast episode i want you to think on this i want you to meditate on this you know what the bible says not the bible but uh the bible does says meditate on thy word day and night um when you meditate on a thing, you kind of like you go over it and over it and over and you think on it. And it I mean, you literally chew it and you just rechew it and, and keep going over and over and over again. Right. The the verse here is Matthew 25 and 21. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. We want you to think on that verse. Well done, good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord. Those are the words that every believer desires more than any, we should desire more than anything else. There's nothing, as Eunice has mentioned, there's nothing in this world that can stand second or third to this statement right here from the Lord. Heaven is a place where all joy is enjoyed. In heaven, there will be mirth without sadness, light without darkness, sweetness without bitterness, life without death, rest without labor, plenty without poverty. Oh, what joy enters into the believer when the believer enters into the joy of his Lord. There, I can't even imagine, Tamala Mann sings a song, I can only imagine what it would be like when I see my father in heaven. She says it in another way, but I can only imagine. And she says, what will I do? Will I break down on my knees and cry? Would I run to him? Oh, what glories are there in glory? Thrones of glory, crowns of glory, vessels of glory, a weight of glory, a kingdom of glory. Here on earth, Christ puts his grace upon his spouse. There in heaven, he puts his glory upon his spouse. In heaven, the crown is made for them. And in heaven, the crown shall be worn by us. In Jesus' name. In this life, we have some good things. Like Eunice said, 
my house and the car. And these are, these are good things. And, you know, taking a trip, it's not to say don't, you know, don't enjoy these things. Right. But the rest and the best are reserved for the life to come in heaven. Oh, golly girls, please meditate upon heaven for the meditation on heaven will make us heavenly. Heaven is not only a possession promised by Christ, but a possession purchased by Christ. When our contemplations and minds are in heaven, then we enjoy heaven upon earth. That is how we enjoy heaven upon earth. How when our contemplations and our mind, when we are contemplating, where we are thinking on those things of heaven, then we get to enjoy heaven on earth. You know, your mind can take you to places that you've never been before. Right. And the, the Bible clearly presents us with a picture of heaven to be in Christ is heaven below to be with him is heaven above. Let our condition now be ever so great. It is hell without Christ. Like let our condition now be ever so great that it is hell without Christ. Let our condition now be ever so bad that it is heaven with Christ. I had rather be in hell with Christ than in heaven without him, said Luther. Hell itself would be heaven if Christ was in it. Again, heaven would be hell if Christ was out of it. That which makes heaven so full of joy is that which is, which is above all fear. That which makes hell so full of horror is that which is beyond all hope. When I think of the goodness, and this is Eunice talking, I believe. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Eunice, I want to hear you say that last little part right there and close us out. Okay. Um, I just thank God. Um, you know, Valara, just reading all of this, I can't believe that God used me to write this book. Mm-hmm. It's so emotional. I'm sorry, I didn't expect that it was going to end this way, but wow. I'm so grateful to God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful. Thank you, Lord God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's just so encouraging because even reading the testimonies and all of that, it's like when you feel like maybe currently you don't feel so much like you've been even saved or anything, it's like you're remembering like mm-hmm. oh, it's like a confirmation that what God has done, he has done for life. But Hallelujah. I'm so grateful that God would use me and I just even pray for this book that it's reach so many hands and Jesus. people will read it and just be, see that this is you know I was reading one of the reviews that somebody wrote there that they said this is a project from the heart and honestly that is the truth like just the desire for people to read this and come into saving grace and go forth mm-hmm. and keep spreading the good news and keep spreading the amazing grace of Jesus and you know that is just my desire like when I wrote this book the plan wasn't even to sell it I was like God if I can just buy all the copies from the publishers and just distribute it freely you know and do all of that like it's like I'm reminded of 
you know, that feeling of just wanting everybody to just hear the good news and just, mm. and like, just come into this amazing grace. But, um, yeah, I would, um, read the part, um, okay, so actually that part is a song. It says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me my very soul cries out hallelujah praise god for saving me hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus. my name is eunice pauline hepzibah a vessel of god's mercy an apostle to the christians as long as I remain in this world, I am not of this world. Mm. Let no man trouble me again. For I bear on my body, heart and soul, the marks of Jesus Christ. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And that's taken from Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 to 14. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. May God be with you all until our next episode where we will be coming with the finale. Eunice, this has been an amazing journey. Um, I'll share more in the outro, but I'm just so grateful for you. I want to just pray really quick over you as you go forth into this, um, this new day. Um, and yeah, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly father, God, we just come to you. We just thank you right now, just for the, the gift of prayer, God, the gift of just being able to come to you, Lord God, and lay it all at your feet. God, we want to ask First, for forgiveness of our sins, Lord God, because we know that more than anything, that is what we need, God. And we thank you for the gift of repentance, the gift of forgiveness, Lord God. God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen Eunice right now, that the joy of you, Lord, would be her strength as she goes out into this new day to be the light um, of Jesus Christ, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that she would... Um, just experience you and your strength in a fresh way today, Lord God, that she would experience it in a way that she would be able to go and tell others, Lord God, about how you uh, showed up for her today, God. We know that you are able. We know that you are willing, Lord God, and we know that she is one of your righteous ones by Jesus Christ's uh, blood, Lord God, by the... Um, by the, the stripes of Jesus Christ, she is healed from all sin and evil, Lord God. So we just thank you for her, God. We ask that you just continue to use her in a mighty way, Lord God. Mm -hmm. um, just wrap your arms around her, Lord God. Continue to remind her of that verse, uh, Matthew 25 and 21. Well done, thy good and faithful servant, Lord God. I pray that that is the... Uh, that is the word that she will hear on judgment day that she is to enter into the joy of the Lord. Lord God, we just thank you for her. We thank you for this book. We thank you for pulling her away, Lord God, and using her and choosing her for this amazing book. Lord God, as she praised you uh, before she said her final words on this episode, God, um, 
we praise you for it, God. I know when I opened this book, Lord God, I knew it was something very special uh, about this book. It's it's none. It's, it's not like any other book that I've ever read. It's so uh, close to your word, Lord God. And I know that only you could have done this, Lord God. Only you, not Eunice, not her wisdom, not her intelligence, not her, her study of history or any of that, Lord God. Only you could have done this through her, God. So we just thank you for using her, God. We pray that you would continue to use her, God, in a mighty way, God. We love you. We thank you. And it's in your son, Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. 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 All right, golly girls. Till next time. We love you all. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Godly Girl Talk. I pray that something was said that spoke directly to your heart and situation. Please refer to the show notes for all the gems shared throughout today's episode. Also, be sure to check out our website at www.godlygirlinc.org. That's www.godlygirl inc.org where you can explore all things golly girl and lastly please don't forget to subscribe share and rate this podcast i'll see you next week golly girl be blessed